the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. No one is above the law. Give me a break. That is the title of an article that I'm going to amplify today on Sideline Sanity. Welcome. I'm Michelle Tafoya, and David Harsanyi is going to be our guest. He is a prolific writer, senior editor at The Federalist, syndicated columnist, happy warrior columnist at uh, National Review Online, an author. He's written so much. And this article that I just stated, no one is above the law. Give me a break is really important to read at this moment. And here's why. You may love that Donald Trump had to sit in court the other day and be arraigned. You may love that he was indicted. You may think he's the worst human being on earth. You may think this is the greatest moment America has seen in a long, long time. But if you believe, like everyone has said, that no one is above the law, I I beg to differ. And so does David Harsanyi. I mean, there are so many obvious examples of people being above the law. We'll go through them for you. We're also going to talk a little bit about Clarence Thomas because he is being accused of things right now that are not illegal, but people want him impeached anyway. David Harsanyi is a tremendous, like I said, prolific writer, and this conversation is so important. Stay tuned. He's next. For nearly three decades, she's reported the action from the sidelines. She started very young. She's covered the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and the college football and basketball national championships. And now, during these insane times in our world, Michelle Tafoya thinks we need a serious dose of sanity. This is Sideline Sanity with your host, one of the sanest people on planet Earth, Michelle Tafoya. David Harsanya, it's such a pleasure to talk with you. And I, and in reading this piece, no one is above the law. Give me a break. There were so many links back to all the people who apparently are above the law. And I was just reading and going down the rabbit hole and the research is so good. And the point is so important. I think you and I heard the same thing. Uh, Kamala Harris was asked while she was down in Africa, um, you know, what she thought about Trump being indicted and yada, yada. And she wouldn't comment, but it was the president that she was visiting of a particular country. And forgive me, I don't recall which one who basically said, no one's above the law. It doesn't matter what their name is. If they've broken the law, they've broken the law. So I'm asking you first, do we know what law uh, President Trump, former President Trump is being accused of breaking? Well, that's the ironic thing about about all this. Once we saw the uh, statement of facts and the indictment and stuff like that, we realized that actually there is no crime really that he's being indicted for that we know of in the sense that in New York State, I'm not a lawyer. This is just how I'm reading it and how, you know, people I trust have have explained it is that in New York State, if you're doing some kind of, um, you know, you're putting numbers on the wrong side of the ledger, you're fudging numbers, whatever it is. 
there has to be, you do that to defraud someone. It's not just that you've put the number on the wrong side of the ledger. There has to be a victim to the crime. Right. But uh, Alvin Bragg has not put forward any victim. There is no underlying felony or, you know, otherwise it would just be a misdemeanor and not very, very dramatic at all. And yet we have 34 separate charges. I think the case he was trying to make is that Donald Trump defrauded the American people during the 26 election, 2016 election. And that's why uh, these are felonies, which is I don't think how the law works. I mean, the Fifth Amendment says that when you're indicted for a serious crime, uh, well, you need to be indicted. And th there is no indictment here because there is no, you know, he has not explained what the crime is. Right. Sorry and to go claims, off on a tangent there, but I mean, it, I think that's pretty important, right? It, it is. And I think that we have seen far greater, um, I'm trying to think of the right word here, because I, I don't know if I want to use the word crimes, but we have seen grievances against people with far greater import. I'll just put it that way than, than this one. If, if the crime is that he paid Stormy Daniels $130,000 to be quiet and, and she signed a non-disclosure agreement, I'm not sure. I, I think that's immoral, but not illegal is your line, correct? Yeah, that's not, it's not a crime. It, they keep putting hush money up there because hush yeah. money insinuates something uh, devious, which maybe it is, right? But it's not illegal. People sign NDAs all the time. I work yes. in companies where I've signed NDAs. I mean, not for uh, having an affair with a porn star, but you know what I mean. So, <laughs> I <do. laughs> um, if you have a problem, and I do with how Donald Trump acts in, in, in that instance, for you know, and I think there's another woman involved too. I don't exactly understand. I think there are three different uh, yeah. people, maybe. Yeah. Um, but it is not that is not illegal. The illeg illegality of it supposedly it was, I thought, initially sort of a campaign finance Ill illegality of putting. Uh, money, you know, of putting things on the wrong, you know, wrong side of the ledger, whatever it is, or putting it in a different pile of money, which I think these laws are kind of dumb anyway, because these dollars are fungible and you can exactly find anyone you want or ways yeah. to pay people off. Um, so it seems like it's just kind of arbitrarily enforced anyway. But that's not a crime. People keep talking about that as if it's a crime. That's not a crime. The crime is that he defrauded someone. We don't know who. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, everyone's saying that, that that these are rickety, or I should say, even on the left, there are plenty of lawyers who are like, this is pretty, you know, rickety as far as charges go. But I think that we're overestimating juries. I mean, I, I could see a Manhattan jury still convicting him anyway, right? I mean, I, you know, if they hate him enough, I don't really yes. think it matters very much. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. That That's a really interesting point. And... You know, it's it's unclear how this judge is going to treat this. I mean, if 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 Trump's lawyers 
appeal the whole thing. Will will he toss it? Will he let it go forward? That's going to be interesting. But getting back to the crux of your article and away from Donald Trump, and I, I am in agreement with you. It doesn't matter what you think of Trump in this instance. I realize that's the name people love to hate. That's the man, orange man, bad, all the rest people love to hate. And so for many people, this is a joyful moment to see him indicted. But this line that no one is above the law and Nancy Pelosi's stumble that he has a chance to prove his innocence. No, 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 no. We are innocent until proven guilty in this country uh, for now. <laughs> and let's pray to God it stays that way. But you you detailed a number of people. Uh, James Clapper, who lied under oath to Congress about spying on the American people. Remind people about that incident and why it is that he has never seen justice for this. <laughs> Yeah, James Clapper, I forget the years exactly, but he went in front of Congress. He was asked if the uh, if the government was spying on American citizens. They were supposed to be spying on uh, foreigners and they could intercept Americans who were involved in those calls, but they were just spying on American uh, American citizens. And he was asked and he said no. It, he declaratively said no. There was no, there was complete certitude in his statement and it was a completely a lie we learned later. Um, that is a crime. John Brennan, who uh, oversaw the CIA spying domestically of Senate staffers over uh, charges of um, torture and stuff like that. But whatever, whatever it was about, that was, you know, he's above the law. Uh, and I think Eric Holder, who was, uh, who had a, who was subpoenaed to, 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 in a congressional investigation over, uh, what was that, uh, where the gun running... Gun running. Yeah. Gun running to Mexico. Yeah. Fast and furious. Fast and furious was he, he basically laughed at Congress, never showed up. But Peter Navarro, who was a Trump, uh, you know, advisor on trade or whatever, he was handcuffed and thrown in prison when he didn't yeah. do that. So listen, I, the, the idea that we're no one's above the law, and obviously the biggest and best thing to contrast would be Hillary Clinton, who, Amen. uh, who, James Comey basically admitted broke the law. He had to change the standards that he was using. Uh, in the case of the server and the and the and the uh, classified documents that she was emailing to to avoid uh, prosecuting her, probably if I give it the most generous reading, because he, maybe he thought it was bad for America to be prosecuting the future president, who he thought the future president was going to be. But whatever the case, she is above the law. And she's been above the law since the nineties. Let's be honest. So. No question. Uh, and you know, we could we could go to Bill as well, who I think paid a couple women off with great sums of money, larger than one hundred thirty thousand. Uh, and so we, he perjured we, himself. He perjured. I'm sorry to interrupt. He perjured no. himself in front of uh, under oath. He yeah. perjured himself under oath. There was no denying that. And he was uh, he's above the law as well. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it really it, it's it's frightening to me because they, we do see two tiers of justice in this country. And and it's it's so egregious. And one of the problems, and I think you lay this out really well in your piece in The Federalist, is that it, it, <laughs> The media, academia, Hollywood, whoever, who has this tilt to the left, an extreme, I think, growing tilt to the left, will portray these things so differently. Like they don't care about true fairness, honest, you know, transparent, transparency, truth, all of these virtues that we are supposed to hold really dear in this country. I mean, these are these are just a top of the heap concerns. And, but if it happens to their side, they find a way to massage the words, to talk about it in a way that 
makes it sound like it's not illegal. But when it's it's the other side, it's the conservative side. I mean, we're terrorists, we're evil, we're every word that they can find worse than Trump, worse than Hitler, worse than Watergate, all of those phrases. How did this get so out of hand, do you think? Uh, Well, that's a long story, probably. I'm not exactly sure how, but I do know that the left generally does not believe in neutral principles anymore. For them, Alvin Bragg ran for DA, uh, you know, not to say that everyone will be held equally, you know, accountable for their misdeeds. He ran to say that we're going to implement social justice, that certain criminals aren't going to have to pay uh, up for their crimes, things like that. And when you had, I think you brought up a very good point, when you have Nancy Pelosi saying uh, Trump will have a a chance to prove his innocence, which is the inverse of, of, of American legal system. She, that was not a mistake. I mean, everyone was saying, oh, she mistakenly said that. She didn't mistakenly say it. That's exactly what she was saying and others were saying during the Kavanaugh trial, during the Kavanaugh um, debacle, yeah. whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, but the thing was this, there, you know, a lot of people would say, oh, well, the Kavanaugh thing wasn't a criminal trial. He does not, he does not afforded the same sort of due process that someone else is. But that is an ideal that we have. If you don't believe in that ideal in normal everyday life, then you're not going to really value it in your political and judicial c- culture either, right? And the thing was, they were accusing him of criminal behavior. They were accusing him of gang rape. They read that into the congressional record, but yet they yeah. did not have to want to or afford him the normal ideals of due process that everyone should be. Um, it wasn't like a political disagreement they were talking about. They were talking about some kind of odious behavior. They accused him of things that would destroy his life, um, not just his political, you know, career or whatever. So, yeah, I, I, I think that this kind of thing runs, you know, everyone's like, or everyone, many conservatives say uh, they're going to regret it. Democrats are going to regret it when they turn the tables are turned and stuff like that. But I don't think so. I think this is all Calvin Ball. They want the people with power. They think they run most institutions. They're happy when people with power get to uh, decide these things arbitrarily. I think that they're perfectly fine with that. Yeah, I, that's, that is becoming more and more obvious. And if, if people want to say that what Donald Trump did impacted the 2016 election, I would suggest to them, okay, so how about Twitter you know, banning the New York Post story on Hunter Biden's laptop and, and the 50 – uh, intelligence folks who signed on to a letter that suggested that that was all uh, had the, all the earmarks of Russian misinformation. And they kept this fun little clause in that letter that made it sound like, you know, this could be, but Joe Biden got on stage and waved that page with 50 signatures of intelligence people saying this is Rus- Russian misinformation. And the story was hushed and you're telling me that didn't impact the 2020 election? Well, people, uh, you know, when I wrote that, I'd have people on Twitter with all earnestness saying, but he mis- tried to mislead people about what he had done with Stormy Daniels. Your Politicians literally always try to hide the bad <laughs> things they did. That is the politics, basically. I mean, you hire firms, you hire people, communication experts, you hire um, PR people, you try to hide the things that you don't want people to know. I don't think it's a moral, uh, you know, it's especially uh, praiseworthy on a moral plane, but it is certainly nothing weird and certainly, and more importantly, nothing illegal. But like I said in the piece, this is mostly about poetic justice. They Many people don't care why you get a mugshot of Trump, yeah. or why you get his finger, you know, him fingerprinted. They just 
that's what they want. He did something wrong. They, you know, that's our preconceived notion is that he is a terrible human being and he did something wrong, et cetera. And all they do, by the way, is get people like myself who aren't particularly happy with Trump, or even though I think this whole formulation of anti-pro-Trump is kind of dumb, but, you know, you get people defending him. They want him to run. I'm not saying there's 3D chess here, but they want him to run. They think they can beat him and they want everyone defending him. And uh, But when he deserves to be defended or not him, but the process. and The, and the process, the, I mean, right. Sure. Yeah. yeah, the issue of that. I think someone else deserves to be defended this morning uh, as you and I are talking here on this Thursday. Is it Thursday? Yes, it's Thursday. <laughs> uh, and we'll get into it right after this. There are a lot of exhausting things in the world, but you don't want to look exhausted. You don't want to look tired, right? Let me give you my secret. Genucel, G-E-N-U-C-E-L, Genucel Skincare, an amazing antioxidant-based skincare company made and manufactured right here in the United States, formulated by a pharmacist with quality ingredients. Their products are sure to smooth out lines and wrinkles and prevent new ones from coming. One of my favorites is the Deep Firming Serum. It's got stem cell technology. This stuff, just put a few drops on your fingertips, rub it into your clean skin, and you will feel it immediately. Just, just firm tone, plumper skin that just feels fresh. It's it's great. Right now, you can save over 70% off Genucel, 70% off Genucel's most popular package. This is just in time for the warm spring weather that's coming. It features Genucel's Ultra Retinol that contains a powerful retinol alternative, safe on your skin in the summer sun, and Genucel's Dark Spot Corrector to reduce the appearance of dark marks and sunspots from long summer days outside that we love we just don't like those results. So this dark spot corrector is the key. Plus, you'll still get Genucel's classic under eye bags therapy for those annoying under eye bags and puffiness. And with its immediate effects, see results in as little as 12 hours or your money back. So what have you got to lose? Don't wait. Visit Genucel.com slash Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-E, one L. To save over 70% off their most popular package, plus every order subscription includes a luxury gift box with two free springtime essentials. That's two free gifts plus free concierge shipping for a limited time. Again, it's genucel.com, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash Michelle with one L, genucel.com slash Michelle. David, ProPublica is a is a newsletter publication I am not really familiar with. I don't know that I need to be after reading what they're posting today. And their headline is, For over 20 years, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas has been treated to luxury vacations by billionaire Republican donor Harlan Crow. What, what is this based on? What do you know about these accusations against Clarence Thomas, who has faced them pretty much forever? Yeah, he's he's been the smearing of, of Clarence Thomas is unprecedented in American history. Just from get go, you know, they've been after him. ProPublica, has, I, I call them Potemkin journalism. So what they do is they have a real sleek presentation, lots of vaguely journalistic sounding verbiage, you know, accusation, you know, cobbling together a bunch of quotes to make accusations that don't go anywhere. This story is basically telling me that Clarence Thomas is a rich friend and that rich friend lets him stay on his yacht or occasionally or his uh, 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 ranch or, you know, his resort. 
That is completely legal. He does not have to report any of that to anyone. They keep call. I'm not sure if they use the word. I think they use the word secretive. Like if you don't send your itinerary of your vacation to the New York Times and ProPublica, you are now secretly going somewhere. This is basically the case that they're making. It is a complete smear. The very first of all, the key and central thing to remember about this story is that nowhere do they even come close to showing that there's any conflict of interest. Thomas has never seen a case from this guy or any case this guy's involved in. And uh, he's just he has a rich friend. He's a Supreme Court justice. So it, I think it's a despicable smear of Thomas. And, and it has nothing to do with his uh, what he does on the court. Actually, I shouldn't say that. It has everything to do with what he does on the court. Ah. <laughs> it's because he's an originalist that they hate him and have articles like this. But what I mean is it has nothing to do with his actions. Uh, you know, is like corrupt about it. Right. They also, I know the Twitter frenzy is coming after Justice John Roberts as well, um, that, you know, he is enabling this kind of stuff to go on on his court. And so clearly, yes, that there's a political agenda here. But just getting to Clarence Thomas for a minute, I can remember, I can't remember if it was a time that I was on The View, because I may have like shoved those memories down deep inside of me, but or when I was watching, but they actually said, Clarence Thomas doesn't represent the black community. And I thought to myself, okay, so it really isn't about skin color. This isn't about whether you're black or not black. It, it, this is about political leanings. And, and so... Is that really why you think this all started from the time, as you mentioned, his hearings, uh, his nomination hearings, that, that they have gone after him because he represents black conservatism? Well, no, I just don't. I think they generally hate the originalist part of his views, you know, and that he is whatever conservative, though. I think that. Justice Thomas would just as equally, you know, would go after, would undermine some conservative, you know, political agenda if he thought it was under, you know, against, you know, if it was unconstitutional. I don't think he's a perfect justice or anything, but I think he's one of our best, if not our best. So um, that's the first part of it. But I do, I do think it has to do with color. I think it has to do with them not wanting someone like that on the court, uh, standing up and showing that you don't have to walk in a pack and, you know, you don't have to think like everyone else in your group that has immutable characteristics as not, you know, it's just complete identitarian view of the world. It's just so destructive. You shouldn't have to, I don't have to march in a group with people who, you know, who are, have gray hair or something. I mean, it's just <laughs> incredibly uh, demeaning to, to individualism and to, to people to think that, but this is how the world works now. And the left thinks and it's unfortunate. I mean, they've always there's always been some of that going on for sure, but now it's just openly about that all the time. And I think that that definitely plays into why they hate Clarence Thomas for sure. Uh, and and you know the the fact that we're talking about hating a Supreme Court justice, that word hate, but I believe you're right. It's so strong and it's so divisive. And the we'll get back to real quick the the, the first point about Trump being arraigned and and the the or the fact that he was indicted is such a divisive moment in this country. And there are a lot of people, including Democrats, some who are saying all of this is so bad for America, but the left doesn't seem to care what's bad for America. They, they, they pretend that they do. They say they're saving the Republic. They're defending democracy. They're, you know, trying to uh, preserve the constitution all the while 
dividing at every turn. I, I've become, as I've grown older and hopefully a little bit wiser, I've become so disturbed by this seemingly anti-American sentiment that lives within the Democrat Party, or at least the very left wing of it. What do you think? I I think there's some truth to that. And, you know, I think it'll only going to get it's only going to get worse. But uh, what what it is, in some sense, is when politics becomes your religion, where you think all good and can only springs from some kind of policy change or something having to do with politics, you, you become sort of this is what your mindset becomes. So you think either conservatives can be stupid, they can be misled by disinformation and misinformation, or they can be evil. Those are the three choices. You know, uh, Donald Trump is evil. George Bo- W. Bush was stupid. Reagan was stupid. You know, like, you know, it, you can be one or the other. You can't, you know, it's never a good faith belief in some system that you happen to disagree with anymore. Like, think about politics or think about Twitter. No one debates anymore. It's just a flyby. Look at this. Uh, racist, look at this misogynist, look at yeah. this transphobic person. You cannot discuss anything anymore. Everything is a smear and then you just move on. I, when I started out many, you know, too many years ago, um, it was ugly, but there were a lot of debates over policy, why something is good, why something's not, why you're, you know, you know, there were just debates on blog, on blogs and columns on TV. There used to be, you know, like crossfire, you know, where you'd have two legitimately different point of views and people debating. I don't think there are shows like that anymore. And um, because if a uh, someone who's a conservative shows up on on a, on a or, you know, on a on a show on CNN or MSNBC, then or on or New York Times column, then the whole entire left blog, uh, Twitter sphere rises to say, how can you have this person on? Right. They had Marjorie Taylor Greene, who I think is an imbecile. Sorry. But, you know, yeah. they had her on 60 Minutes, which she is a, a known person, an elected person, a person who has views that we should hear on 60 Minutes. They're like, how could 60 Minutes even put this person on? They don't right. even want these people to be participate in media, culture, our society in any way. They don't want to debate them. They want to destroy them. And that's a very destructive, like you say, instinct, I think. Yeah, destroy them. It It, it is destructive. It's, and I agree. And I think the one thing that I see, and you said it's only going to get worse. One thing that I see happening, and maybe I'm too optimistic, you tell me if I'm naive about this, but what happened at Stanford Law was so ridiculous and childish and embarrassing for that university and that law school in particular, that the dean of DEI was, you know, suspended, put on paid leave or whatever, that they've put out some verbiage about how we're going to be more open to all opinions. We've got other universities now, Cornell, I believe, and I think that uh, UPenn has come out with something today about we're going to be inclusive of, you know, all ideas, not just those that, you know, we feel strongly about. We're going to welcome other people on campus. Is that tide starting to, you think, turn even a little bit? Because the stuff that we're seeing is absolutely embarrassing. Hmm. You know, uh, it's obviously complicated. In some places, maybe you're going to see, there's always pushback. I mean, when you read history, you'll see there's always a, whenever there's some sort of revolution, whether it's violent or not, there's always a counter revolution and it happens. And maybe Trump was the counter-revolution, right? Uh, maybe Trumpism was the counter-revolution went to what, you know, to wokeism or to kind of 
the the abuses of the Obama era, you know, with hit with the, with the way he handled uh, power, right? Um, but I don't know. I feel like the younger people are the le- the more inclined. Maybe I'm wrong about this. I don't have any social science data or anything. Really, it's just my gut feeling is that the younger you get, the more inclined it seems to me you are to be open to censorship, to be open to hate speech laws, to to believe that speech is violence. You know, all these illiberal ideas. And I think that people are more and more openly embracing the illiberal idea. They don't pretend that they want any kind of neutral principle governing life, you know? Um, so that, that makes me very nervous. It's like, I, I, it's like the acceleration of accepting the pseudoscientific nonsense that you can just say, I'm a girl or a boy when you're not yeah. you become that. Yeah. It starts with like, it's on the fringe then, then it's mainstream like that on the left. Now, if you say something, you know, now you're just a bigot when you say that that can't happen or you say right. that kids shouldn't be mutilated and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, every giant company has like a spokesperson now, <laughs> you know, like, uh, it's, like, it's, like it took it literally takes like a year for that to, to or two years for that to uh, to happen. I just don't see how you come back from 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 that. Um, where you have the president saying, oh, that's fine. You know, people who don't allow that are actually anti-child, you know, whatever. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm off topic a bit, but I just. No, I, you're not. You're, yeah, you're absolutely not off topic. This is, the, the, I think you've really hit on something here. And I, I agree with you. I think that young people, it's it's really, and I don't know exactly where it begins or if this stuff is so deep rooted now. And if we were to look back to, you know, the 1920s or something and and started looking about how looking into the, I'll use Kamala's favorite phrase, the root causes of all this leftism and how it's just snaked its way into so many institutions in this country. You have a lot of people now who have lost faith in those institutions. I have seen some people come over to the right that were, you know, intensely liberal, uh, the one I can think about is Jennifer Say, who was the former uh, president and I think yeah, president of Levi's, who t- tweeted out stuff about, you know, why are we masking kids? Why can't kids go back to the classroom? I'm worried about the inner city kids who don't have access to computers. She was very vocal about all this. You know, not, Levi's cut ties with her and she did not take their paycheck to be quiet about it. She's written a book. She's been very vocal. And now you see her really defending more, I don't want to say uber conservative, but more conservative stances on things. And she is looking back at her own party that I think she's probably left by now. And she's very public about what happened to her, what happened to her husband in all of this. They left California. So I, I, there is, I think, I hope this is a big spasm, you know, that, uh, that we're going toward the left this hard and, you know, transitioning eight-year-olds and these kinds of things, and that saner voices are going to say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, everybody, wake up!" I, is that a is that even a possibility in your mind, David? Yeah, and there are always some people who are brave who stand up, but it's not a lot. Most people, and you know, I used to uh, sort of criticize people for not standing up for their beliefs, but I have to say. Um, you and I do this sort of thing for a living. So we were not most, most of the time, we're not going to be punished for the things we say. In fact, we might be rewarded for those things. Right. 
um, even if they're contrarian or, or out of the norm. But the people who work in businesses, they don't, you know, they're in a much more perilous position, right? They lose their jobs. There's nothing for them to do there. They're going to be ruined and things like that. So it's very difficult to, to stand up. So I, I, obviously there are some people who do, some journalists who do. There's sort of this uh, faction of people who I would call like left-wing populists who don't like this, you know, the woke stuff. So they're kind of on this side, you know, on that side now uh, as well. So there are some people and it does happen. And, you know, maybe, maybe we are just going to be more divided country where people who believe in some sort of things move to Florida and Texas and wherever and others you know, move to Illinois or Massachusetts or whatever, and that we will have just two, uh, we'll be siloed and we won't even have to deal with each other very much. Um, and maybe that's what federalism is a good idea. You know, and I definitely think that that's true, but there's also kind of something wrong with a nation that we used to disagree on a lot of stuff, but there were certain bigger ideals we did share, free right. speech, religious freedom, you know, protecting children, you know, things like that. That, that, uh, and we, we just thought that maybe the way to get there, to get to it being a virtuous place was a different kind of system, but we believed in the end game. Now I don't think we share that at all. So that to me, um, is, is worrying. But the world's, uh, you know, world always surprises you. I mean, I thought it was all over when, when, um, Barack Obama won the election in 2008. I thought we're headed towards socialism. That's it. And then the Tea Party popped up two years later. And it was yeah. a really big social revolution, political revolution that changed the dynamics of politics. Donald Trump came. He changed the dynamics of politics for a while. And maybe someone else will come tomorrow and that'll change the dynamics. I don't know. But uh, I I am not that uh, – uh, I'm pretty uh, – <laughs> I don't – I think the future is it's it's iffy right now that we're going to survive in the way that I think America should be. Right. And uh, I'm not, you know, I don't know. I hate to be that big downer, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not that. Uh, yeah. You're not optimistic. I'm, I'm putting you down as a maybe um, this is, it's important to hear you say that. I think your, uh, your voice is truly important and impactful. And I hope that, People like you, people like Jennifer say that I mentioned, others who are brave enough to stand up, it can at least influence others. Maybe not to stand up and speak out, but to think a certain way, to open their eyes to all this virtue signaling that we're seeing and what it's covering up and all the rest. I don't know. I'm worried too. Uh, you know, I, I think about my kids and their future and then their kids that they're going to love just as much as I love my own. It's, it's a little scary. I hope this still is the last great hope, but um, we're hurting ourselves big time right now. David Harsanyi, I, I really urge people to follow him on Twitter and to read the piece. It's so good and it's it's so meaningful and so important right now that 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 people understand um, that there are two two levels of justice going on right now. And it's been that way. You mentioned Lois Lerner in the article. I, that's one that comes to mind for me every single time. Uh, the government being weaponized. It, it's a terrifying time in America. And um, anyway, David Harsanyi, uh, follow him on Twitter uh, at David Harsanyi. <laughs> and you'll see everything that he writes. Again, thank you so much. You're such an important voice and I really appreciate your time. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me. You bet. This has been Sideline Sanity, everyone. Like David, like Jennifer Say, like, uh, I don't know, whoever you look to as, as being brave, you too. Be brave and do good. And thanks for listening. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.